Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. what's going on welcome back to a whole episode of a whole mood so this week we're going to talk about desire and i have the perfect guest this Mm. week for this because i'ma just tell y'all this guest is automatically off the top one of the very like light energies that i've ever encountered in my radio career history just in terms of like her transparency her bigger than life personality and also I felt like she was always a go-getter let me tell you about this person right here this is just a story so what I knew because she was one of the boss bitches in the game when it came to being in sales and radio and when I tell you I knew and I was a witness to so many phases in her life personally and career-wise, and she might not know that I know this, but I'm an observer. I'm a Pisces. We we lay low and we watch. But I watched this lady get the house and the condo of her dreams, whether if it was downtown Mobile, whether if it was down the bay, it didn't matter. She found her castle. And she might not have had her car at the time, but literally she got her queendom and she rode the bus to work to get what she had to get until she got the car that she wanted to get in Literally everything came into fruition from her, her career, everything. And so when I think desire, I think of this person. So I want y'all to give it up for Erica Perkins, EP in the city, baby. I do have a problem with you all ranking Libras. Uh, a number. Libras <laughs> <laughs> are like the standard barriers of non-trifling behavior. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I just want to get that squared away off top. Oh, no, because the Libras, maybe, I don't know. You have to check the moon signs because Libras are literally, they treat me so bad. They so trifling to me. I did have to admit this year for the first time ever that I'm I'm fairly inconsiderate. (laughs) (laughs) Trifling. Just taking other people's, you know, person into thought when I'm making a decision. It really doesn't happen like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I wouldn't it's call that trifling. energy for me, right? <laughs> I wouldn't call it trifling. That is so sweet. Thank you, thank you, thank no you. I had problem. no idea you were um you were watching. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was just a lowly intern, right? <laughs> I had no idea because it's crazy. Because at that time that you're referencing, and I I, I did catch the bus because I, I think that was 
either a boyfriend had wrecked the, my totaled my car or I think I had gotten repoed. When I moved to Mobile from New York City, I was literally starting over from scratch. It was no Ivy League degree. It was no 10 years in the advertising industry that was going to prevent me from starting over from scratch. And literally, as the young people say, getting it out the mud. My car had been repossessed or totaled. I don't know which one it was. So I had to get to work. The, I called my mom while I was on the bus and I was, she was like, where are you? I was like, on the bus. She was like, to do what? I was like, going to work. She's like, you got on the bus? So mind you, this is a mama who had to go a period of time without a vehicle, had three children, was married, but they just didn't have the finances. And so she remembered having to get on the bus. And so for me to humble myself, as she said, and catch the bus to handle my business. I mean, this is in Mobile, Alabama, where people don't catch bus unless you like broke and down. <laughs> Nobody rides the wave. Nobody rides the wave. <laughs> nah, but when I saw that, I said respect because she handled her business. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a Libra characteristic or what, but I don't feel shame. Or I don't feel other people looking at me and judging me, or I just don't concern myself with that. That's not a, that's not a compass for me. My compass is not external. My compass is very much um, heart and soul. And so that's how I'm guided. That's how, you know, I'm driven. It's an internal thing. And so that prevents me from being, you know, embarrassed about having to catch the bus and telling people about it. <laughs> that's facts. Because I'm going to tell y'all a story because my cumulus experience weren't the best. It wasn't okay. the best. And especially at Cumulus Mobile. And I feel like there were certain things you were witness to, but you was like, you know what, these my girls, I'm going to let you, them have it, but I noticed some fuck shit. And so I think a pivotal point for me and you was that time that I took you to a sales meeting mm -hmm. because you needed that ride to get and make that money. Mm -hmm. And so I took you and it was kind of like, once we got back to the office, for some reason I got in trouble for helping you get that money, which initially that's the whole point of radio is to get the right. money. So wherever you got to go to go do it, you got to go do it. And so I didn't understand why it was such a like micro managing spirit in that building, but you actually called it out because I've always felt it, but you actually said it by name. You was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. So I really do appreciate, that was my introductory to a corporate job. That was my first okay. situation. So I didn't know the rigmaroles. I didn't know how to, you know, go through that or navigate it. I didn't know the language. That was like one of the first moments I was like, okay, something ain't going right here. And I understand what this is now. And so mm -hmm. I thank you for that as well. Thank you. Well, uh, corporate and mobile is a unique type of setup anyway. There's not really a black class through diverse industries, right? So you're going to have your healthcare workers. You're going to have your education uh, workers and then there's like this narrow niche of business which is like primary personal injury attorneys and those people that work in radio right um and so within that mobile has its own unique culture uh but i'm glad that you were able to successfully navigate it and continue to elevate and get where you were really going because that's that wasn't your end uh for some people that was their end you know for right. people like me, it was just a, a step along the way so it's respect. Mm -hmm, for sure. So we're going to get into the topic at hand. So <laughs> our first prompt is, what has been a consistent desire? A consistent desire for me, and I, I, I know this through therapy now, <laughs> mm. um, has been love. Like the Amen. desire to experience love and to share love and to... Um, just have an exchange of that type of 
energy, whether it's romantic or professional. So working in a, a space like radio, it's love because I have a love for culture. I have a love for music. I have a love for artists. I have a, a love for, you know, business owners and, and messaging and how all of that works together. Um, and then, uh, you know, personally just desiring to share myself with someone and experience like what it feels to be loved and what it means to like share love. And so those have been some pretty consistent desires that have always driven me, but I'm really, really driven by adventure. Like I'm a real live door of the explorer. Wait, how about, come if on. I have to get uh, an opportunity to, you know, work in New York and experience New York, I'm going. If I get an opportunity to, to manage a team and head to Florida, I'm going. If I get the opportunity to fall in love with somebody who needs a friend and needs to experience love, by golly, historically, I've been with it. I'm no longer with it. Historically, <laughs> 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 I've been with it. Like, I think they wrote the whole demo team based on my ability to just, yo, get it there. Let's go. Oh my God. All right. We probably going to tap into it. Whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about it. So, but yes, I will say with love and adventure comes from you. I feel like for me, it's always been a level of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's always um, going to be a very pronounced word in my life where it's like, yes, yes. I always take opportunity by the horns. That's right. Mm -hmm. to accomplishing what I truly wanted. That has a bit of adventure in it. It's not just opportunity in and of itself. <laughs> and that is the truth. No, I embrace yeah. adventure. I yeah. thrive on it. It is something that excites me. And it's the reason why I go. Like, I'm fearless when it comes to that because I do. I appreciate the journey. I appreciate mm -hmm. the adventure. Into mm -hmm. knowing what I'm about to go through, I don't know. Like, if somebody asked me, you know, did you plan this or did you? No, no. But that's no, the beauty of it for me. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, so in you looking for that adventure, so where does that come from for you? Do you have any background on why you crave that adventure or why you crave that love? It's funny that you asked that because I remember being a little girl and it was right when my parents were uh, separating and were ultimately divorced. My dad moved us into an apartment building in St. Stephen Woods. As a little girl, going to Martha Thomas, meeting people in the neighborhoods who stay in the apartment complex, but also in the sub suburbs, in the neighborhood behind the apartment complex. I met the children in school, and then I would go to their house after school, and then we would just go like on these adventures where we would walk the dirt roads. Now, when I say walk the dirt roads, I'm in Eight Mile, Alabama, Whistler, Alabama, you oh, know, yeah. off Highway 45, walking through the back dirt roads, just going to see what's out there and knowing to stay away from the main road because that's super dangerous, right? You can get hit by a car. But on these right. back roads, you're safe because it's just woods. <laughs> we would literally go on adventures just to see what's out there. And then when I got older, just having a bike and being able to ride to see what was out there. Because I was a latchkey kid with siblings. And they did not want to read books and play Cabbage Patch and have tea parties. So what, what we could do as a sibling team is walk the dirt roads. And so we would go on adventures just to see what's out there. And I think that's always stayed with me. Yeah. We would literally ride our bikes up and down the street and through the neighborhood into floral gardens. <laughs> and we would be all up and through that thing in Crichton. Because <laughs> it's something to see, right? It's right. something you have. It's something else out here besides 
where we get picked up and taken to every day. And I think, you know, somebody defined country as doing the same thing for 40 years. Well, you, you growing up as a country child, like you all really are doing the same thing in each cycle, each season, you get ready for school, you go to school, you get out for Thanksgiving, then you get out for Christmas and then you get out for Mardi Gras. And then, you know, it's, it's Easter, like that season. Then you get a new outfit for Easter. Like he's like, what's going to break the monotony, whatever you choose to do as a child on a day-to-day basis, especially if you, your parents are working. And so for me, it was just being able to get out in these adventures and like create that own spark in my life. Mm-hmm. And that always stuck. So who was the purveyor to your truest desires? Mm, that's a great question. I would need to consider that. I hadn't considered that. You mean like who was the forerunner? Who did I look at? Who who opened the doors and opened the gates to my truest desires? Or who desires? was the encourager to your who desires? Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know what? I, I was a self-promoter. It was internal. <laughs> Hello. Because <laughs> I didn't have a promoter until I got to my, my late 30s. And yeah. that was my friends. We became our, our promoters. We would promote mm-hmm. each other. Um, other than that, I hadn't a clue. <laughs> I hadn't a clue. I hadn't a blueprint. So like to move from Alabama to New York, I didn't have a blueprint for that. To yeah. move from New York back to Mobile. Like I didn't have, I never had a blueprint. For me, everything was just intrinsic. And I think just meeting people along the way showed me like what was possible. Meeting Angel Brown, uh, who was with us at Cumulus, like I was like, oh, she real young. She doing it like this. I would never want those responsibilities because kudos to her. I know it can be tough. <laughs> but then I transitioned into an environment it was like, okay, I can do this same thing. I'm able to boss up in the same way. And I think for me, it was more important not to have a self-promoter, but to have the confidence that, oh, I can do it just like these other people doing it. Yeah, I I would have to really take a page from that because growing up, I was lost. I I didn't have anybody to encourage me academically. I didn't have nobody Mm -hmm. to encourage me. You know, my aunt did her best. I was in Boy Scouts. I was Mm -hmm. doing all these things, but things that I truly wanted to do, I didn't have no access to it. So- It was literally just navigating through life, figuring it out, either looking at somebody externally or whatever. Like I had to figure it out for myself. I had to be the promoter for myself. So I feel you on that. And here I am. I'm thinking you was a daddy's girl. Like, because Erica, she she a daddy's girl, y'all. I am definitely a daddy's girl. And 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 my family is blessed and highly favored. I can't say that because I come from a family where both of my grandmothers had eight children. But my daddy's the firstborn son. And my daddy valued family. So when my mother and he relationship didn't work out, he didn't abandon his children. I mean, he made sure we knew our aunties and our cousins. Like he was big on family, but he knew to make sure I got my education. His baby, the smartest one at Phyllis Preparatory, his baby, the smartest one at Council Traditional School. And these are like magnet schools. And I'm ranking, you know, top five consistently as a young scholar. So he knew to be proud of that. And he knew to consistently you know, help me to like stay focused because my no one can take my education as Southern black people tell you. Nobody can take your education away from you. So successfully did that. But if no one's working in the business world, definitely don't have anyone connected to the advertising industry. It was truly the grace of God opening doors for me each and every step of the way. My parents just didn't, they didn't know. They knew to put me on that road and say go. They knew to make sure I got up and was up at 5 a.m. to catch that bus and ride on the bus two hours to get to school. Like they knew to do that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you talk about when you have to build stuff up, like I had to actually work to get an education. Like those whole, you know, work walking 50 miles to get to a school. That's not just a 1960 story. That's like a 1990 story when we were getting bused 
across town to attend, you know, magnet schools. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful that my parents knew to promote that and to compel me to go. But it was at some point, it was like, hey, baby, you got this? <laughs> nah, for real. And, and that's kind of a lonely road. That's a lonely yeah. journey because it's kind of yeah. like, well, who am I learning from? Who is my example to say, like, I don't have nobody to tell me or show me or support yes. me in this way to give me the tools mm -hmm. that I need to succeed? Mm -hmm. um, I regret that you had to experience that lonely journey, um, but I can say that fortifies you just as much, right? Because it's yeah. like nobody made you. Right, that's <laughs> you true. Self-made at this point. You had to self-navigate. You had to figure it out. Listen, it's me and King Jesus out here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. When he's like, what are you supposed to do? What the lady say, Holy Spirit, activate, because I don't know. <laughs> Period. What is it that we truly desire at this point in our lives? At this point, I desire season of rest. I'm going to give mm. my, myself permission to rest just because that's one of the greatest gifts I can give my ancestors. <laughs> Hello. The ability to self-elect rest. And it won't be perpetual. It's not going to be ongoing, but it is going to be a season where I say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about a thing. <laughs> I, that's a different type of rest when you when you choose not to worry. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to be fraught or I'm not going to be anxious. Or I'm not going to let the residue of a pandemic sit on me because isolation has its own results, right? There are things that happen in isolation from lack of touch, lack of being able to see and communicate with people in real time that has its own ramifications, I should say. I actually purchased the blanket because it said it feels like a hug. <laughs> <laughs> we all need that warm hug. We all need it. If we can't get it from somebody, we're going to need it somewhere, okay? <laughs> okay, and that uh, CVS blanket came through. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't touch this so long. I feel like I'm getting, like something just suffocating me. Like that blanket too heavy. <laughs> My second desire is to actually leverage all the insights that I've learned over the course of my career, like I'm very much into advertising, I'm into messaging strategies. And I'm just very curious to, to research the implications of the uh, music, the content, the violent, explicit content uh, of the music and how that's played a part in the degradation of our society, of, of black culture and how uh, gutter culture, which was like once in the corner like how gutter culture now is in the center of the room and people consider that the standard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to mm -hmm. see how all of that transpire and do the research to inform the policies um, so that we don't have to have the long-term ramifications of the ne negative publicity that the popular music uh, did for us. So yeah, mm -hmm. so I'll rest and read and research and study. Yeah. I feel like my desires pouring into love projects that is something Ooh. that I truly, truly desire. I think Ooh. this is like a new thing. I think the pandemic really introduced to us work-life balance and flexibility. Yes. So that right. is definitely like we actually really are truly learning how to rest. So rest is definitely one of those things. We cannot give quality of work if we out here tired and ran through from being cracked on that doggone whip all day. So... <laughs> And we do it to ourselves because I've noticed yeah. in places people don't even work that hard. I'm going to places working, doing somersaults, handstands, backflip. They like, bitch, why are you working so hard? 
I wonder where that comes from. Because I know for me, it may be an insecurity because I value myself on how hard I'm working. And I need to stop doing that. No, you don't. These folks are crazy. Work ethic still matters. Do it like you do it unto the Lord. Okay. Girl, I, I, I don't know. I believe in a solid work ethic. I do well, think sure. it's being Southern and Black that we just go a different type of hard, though. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Keeping that in mind, it's like turning that light switch on and then turning that light switch off. I got to know how to turn it off because I will keep that's going. Right. That's mm-hmm. an important part of it. So that's good that you you see that already so early in your right. career. Yes. And one last thing that I truly <laughs> desire is freedom. What does freedom now, look like? Freedom looks like to me, I don't need a job. And then I wake up and I, you know, go to sleep and money is made. I could still work, but I don't need to work. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So Mm -hmm. that's what freedom looks like to me. So I had to reconfigure throughout this downtime that I was having. What you're shooting for is not for only for your dreams. It's for freedom. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) As part of this freedom journey, do you plan on visiting Africa at all? I definitely want to. I'm trying to go everywhere. And And I feel like that's when I'll actually really, truly find some connectivity into who I am once I actually go to Africa, for sure. Have you been? I have not been, but I definitely plan to go to Ghana, if not Mm -hmm. in 2022, 2023. I want my next, you know, over the Atlantic trip to be uh, Africa. I had always envisioned Africa being the first uh, continent I go on that side of the world, but I actually ended up in the Middle East, which was perfectly fine. Dubai was beautiful. Abu Dhabi was beautiful. But I want to I want to go to Ghana and I want to see people that uh, look like me on a consistent basis. I want to be like the queen of the moon. Do you know how you go different? <laughs> Whatever you like. <laughs> I don't even tell people I'm from Mobile anymore. I tell them I'm from Haiti because I know men love uh, exotic women. I feel like the Haitian bays are the baby, the most Damn. exotic. They been free. <laughs> well, girl, you're giving me Yvonne right now. You might as well say you're from Nigeria. I'll take it. I'll take it. Be like me and Yvonne cousins. We sisters. What you mean? And people will believe you. Yes, people will believe you. <laughs> well, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not giving me no box cut fade, though. No, I think you'll be cute, but whatever. Okay. So why do we desire these things? It's intrinsic. It's uh, what's always been in us. I think uh, mm. they say, you know, God knew us before we were formed in our mother womb. And so uh, the things that we're desiring are just part of, you know, the mixture that was added into the batter to make us who we are. We're just going back to really and truly who we are, in my opinion. Yes. Our story has been told way long before we were even of existence. So I think, you know, when we're put on this earth and we take that first breath, we never change. As much as our phases kind of like shape us, it only shape us mm-hmm. to be that end goal that, you know, we are supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. some people, their lives get short or whatever, but they were here for that specific purpose and mm-hmm. they were here to touch whoever they were supposed to touch in their close proximity. So I do believe we're only here to nurture our greater self and our final evolution. Right. Yeah. So a time when the thing you desired turned out to be something you didn't need. Because we have them. We have desires that we don't even know. We was like, maybe this ain't what I really want once I got it. (laughs) 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 It's something that comes to mind. I mean, I definitely have a top of mind. Like, ooh. 
you know, I could say I purchased a home and then when I got in the home, like I was like literally assaulted by the biggest rat ever. But that was I'm not gonna tell that story. And I wanna be <laughs> I wanna be mindful, but I think, you know, I, I mentioned that I desire I've always desired love. Uh, to love and to, to be loved. Uh, if you haven't checked out Adele's 30 album, by all means, do so. It is good for your soul. It was good for mine, right? And so that's why I'm able to articulate these words. But I think my desire for love pushed me into a situation where I was literally working for love and then try to justify by saying love is an action word. Well, baby, you're doing the most behind love right now, right? Going into a, being in a relationship, really working hard at loving and being loved and then just being exhausted. Um, I think that would be the time that I had a desire, but it turned out not superficially not to work out um, on my behalf, in my behalf, but I do believe all things work for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. And so you go through a season where you're loving somebody, you get married, then you have to get separated and divorced. It's like, oh my God. I knew that you got divorced. <laughs> I knew that you had gotten married. I do know that you had went ghost. I didn't see you for a long extended yeah. period of time. And then all yeah. of a sudden, boom, blame, blow, I am America podcast, all of these things. <laughs> you you rebranded. You rebranded. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason for the rebranding. But I had no clue. Yes. And so that was uh that was very difficult. That was a point where when the desire create pain, it's like, wait a minute now. Yeah. Right. And so um that's one area that I, I had to learn in, grow in. Like I had to I had to duck off. I mean, can we talk about it though? Can we talk about it? I don't wanna like invade too much in your in your business because I know that he was mm-hmm. a convict and mm-hmm. like you were really trying to make that work and you had sacrificed a lot of time. I saw like the visits. You had pictures in there like y'all were taking oh my gosh, yes! Yeah. So I wanna know like Erica, like when you were sacrificing and making these sacrifices for something that you desired. Mm-hmm. What was the mind space that you was in at that time that said like, yes, this feels natural. This feels okay. I believed it. I believe like that was what I was supposed to do. I always love to have a, a good friend to communicate with. You know, you can't have a better audience than, you know what I'm saying? One that can't go nowhere. So I had the perfect audience. Girl, that is hilarious. <laughs> audience right and i'm getting all this good attention i get to have all this great conversation you know i'm a logo file so i'm i'm like i'm with it like let's go and so one of his homeboys uh reconnected us so we already knew each other but it's a beautiful story of you know really you know taking my my social justice activism to another level nah (laughs) you was an advocate for real you was out here sharing that picture you was loud and proud that libra energy Pisces ass. I was like, oh my God, Erica really looked happy. Now I knew he had a fucking jail jumpsuit on, but I didn't give a damn. You was happy. I was I was fine with it. I was like, damn. Like everybody need love out here. Everybody need love. Everybody right. need love. But God bless them. So yeah, so to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Erica. No, no, I'm saying, because I, you know, it, it took it took a second for me to like really 
like overcome being in a relationship and then not be in a relationship like that. I never expected that. And my homegirl's like, baby, you just shame. And I'm like, shame? I don't feel shame, right? I was like, if I'm shamed, then I won't do it. If I had a shame meet, I definitely wouldn't have posted pictures from the prison on social media. That's true. It was Facebook, Instagram, all that. Yeah, I was was like, come on. You never want somebody happy. Okay. That is hilarious. He came home, right? He came home. He came what home. What was the reality that set in when it came to that? I think a lot of time men realize that um, they need their freedom. Yeah, yeah. So he did very well, you know, was able to get on his feet, start a career. Amazing. So God bless him. So he did well, you know? Amazing. Well, at least you got a hustler or had a hustler. I'm the hustler. Come on. That's the truth. Yeah, I feel like um, a desire for me in which I didn't need, I feel like it probably falls into that same category. I think we all want some level of understanding and we want that significant other to be that source of understanding, Mm -hmm. especially coming from somebody who's dealt with a lonely road of like just Mm -hmm. being out here, going Mm -hmm. through adventures. You mm-hmm. kind of want somebody that's on that same wavelength. You want somebody equally yoked to that. I mentioned this in my betrayal episode, like mm. how that could literally slip through the cracks of your hands and thinking that what you actually truly desired and what you wanted and it's kind of falling on the wayside. Mm-hmm. That's very heartbreaking. Very it heartbreaking. Is, it is heartbreaking. And then I think in some points, like you kind of lose yourself on who you was prior to this situation happening and you kind of have to rebrand and rebuild. You have to remember. And that's true. Yeah. And that's again. And then also remember the lesson because there was a lesson in there. Like so many people walk away from a thing and they do it over and over and over again. So I do think when it comes to desire, you could keep that same desire, but remember those lessons that you learned from those L's that you took in trying to look for that desire. Right. So there are always lessons. And um, I've been through a number of therapists over the past, oh, since the course of the pandemic, right? And mm-hmm. I finally found one where we, we understand um, or that works for me because she's based in um, forgiveness. It's, the ministry is the therapy is all about slow walking you to where you're gonna forgive you're gonna operate in the same posture as christ that journey was helpful for me because i think i, I listened to one of your podcasts and you was like black folks always trying to uh redefine stuff like what is trifling right yeah and, <laughs> uh, and, I, and i heard it and i was like you know what i was just thinking along the line because we have a real uh zesty way of making words cool Right. And so when you talk about getting played, getting played is the cool way of saying betrayed. Like you got played. Nah, you were betrayed. And so no matter what culture you go in on this globe, they're going to know what betrayal is. They're not going to know what getting played mean. That that can have its own definitions. If we in in, in ghetto culture, we know what it is. Right. they don't have a, a getting played. No, you got betrayed. And I think a lot of times that's how we make ourselves accept bad behavior, promote bad behavior, right? Or soften um, the blow to some real fucked up shit. Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like the baby and, and Danny Lee. Like I, I heard you all talk about that. Like, yeah, he is a trash can type of human in my book this week. Um, and it's because he betrayed that woman. Because you know he just nutted up in her. <laughs> And now he's going up on her publicly in front of people. There's no other betrayer. You a woman. You feel that steaming on the inside of you. 
And now you gonna sit here and betray me like in front of all these people? And some people might be like, ah, he played shit out of he played. No, he betrayed her. And so that's why I, I speak on that because we have to be mindful of the language that we use because language does create oh reality. Thank you for that. Language, yes. creates, language creates reality. And we want to make sure that the language that we're utilizing is um, one that is evolving and is high vibing and is like true to character, true to tone, true to what it is, instead of all this colorful language that make bad stuff look good. That is so true. Be succinct, be punctual, and be correct in whatever you got to say. Make sure that language is not jargon. That's a word. <laughs> that is a word because us as a community, we really do create mm -hmm. an entire vernacular to soften the blow to our trauma when we need yes. to just call it by name. That is, the, oh my God, that's a word today. <laughs> that is a word today. I love that. Let me tell you, I got that um, insight, one with the getting played and betrayal, but then it was two, when R. Kelly was going to trial, I was reading the news articles and I had read one article that said, um, R. Kelly and Aaliyah were in a sexual relationship. This is why he, she's 15, he's 27, right? That's what I've always heard. When I read the news from a reputable outlet, it said uh, the woman walked in on R. Kelly sexually assaulting Aaliyah. Sexual relationship between a 15 and 27-year-old can't exist. It's sexual assault. So when they called it what it is, I was like, yeah. That's when I was like, okay, we use different words to make things okay or yep. to soften that blow when yep. it really is sexual assault. Whoa. I agree. <laughs> All right, so let's dive a little bit deeper. So next prompt, what do we feel our desirability is when we attract others? <laughs> you see that tongue? Why? <laughs> <laughs> what that tongue do i remember it was a see some seasons i couldn't attract nothing <laughs> like i just was i was totally shut down emotionally i was heartbroken i wasn't attracting any of uh god's good men or the bad ones and so something happened as i started to really live a lifestyle of forgiveness and i just started attracting some really dope men and opportunities, right? And and um, great, you know, projects that work. Like the things that I desired were greater and grander. It was a mm. like an upgrade had taken place. So my desirability, like I'm on a ten, and it's highly upgraded. I hear that. Oh, yeah, I feel like my desirability. I'm very mystic. Mm. I'm a mystical person, and I'm very low key. Like, mm -hmm. I only tell people what I want them to know just mm -hmm. in a public space. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my desirability is people kind of have their own perception of me and a heightened perception. I'm learning. And then when they see me and they see that I'm just as normal as anybody else, you know, I get paid just mm -hmm. like everybody else. And I'm not sure what that is. I still to this day can't pinpoint what exactly my desirability is, but I do know it's a heightened perception. Ooh. that people have of me, I guess because of how I conduct myself that's and how fine. I, you know what I'm saying? And that's fine, but it's like, don't iconalize me. And I feel like a lot of people iconalize me, especially especially in our hometown, Erica. Now, I don't have time for it. It's a lot because there's so many DMs I be getting like, when you coming home? Never. I'm never coming home and you never gonna see me. So you maintain the iconic flair. You stay mysterious and you, you know, it's, you can't always Mix and mingle because that makes you common. And once you become common, people take pause to disrespect you. That's why right. 
want to um stay, you know, keep a, a, a healthy distance, stay mystique. Yes. Is that desirability true to who we are or do we combat it? Oh, like knowing and pinpointing your desirability. Do you feel like that's truly the essence of Erica or Alon, or do you feel like, nah, that ain't me? Oh, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's my essence. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that because I've had to actively work on desirability and not through superficial external things like mm -hmm. that internal heart posture um, just seeing the men that I attract with the previous heart that I had versus the men that I'm attracting now. Um, it's, a, it's a total difference. Um, and so I think that's truly who I am. And I think because of therapy, I've had the opportunity to undo a lot of the things that were blocking me desiring better, you know, tapping into that childhood trauma and undoing that, understanding the ramifications of coming from an area that is oppressive, understanding patriarchy, uh, understanding where women are supposed to fit in a Southern culture versus where I stood out not being married, being without a child, you know, being in the streets, being on the scene, like those are nuances, right? And something could easily make you feel like something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. what I learned is there's nothing wrong with me. That's the biggest epiphany I've learned. There's nothing wrong with me, but there are some things that I've experienced that I have to go back and rework. So that no longer dominates who I am. I don't lead from that broken space. Or I don't lead from my childhood trauma. Right. Um, and so working on that, I've come to the truest sense of who I am getting back to who I am. Had I never been defiled, like having that innocence, right. Uh, doing that work really has built me. And that has uh, changed my desirability, who I desire, what I desire, who I attract, what I attract. It's changed it all. And that, that's truly who I am. I'm at, I'm at the greatest place and greatest space of being my truest self ever in my life. Yes, I'm glad that you said that because that's partly exactly my point and why I combat it. Because I think the heightened perspective people have of me is just a superficial surface thing. And I think People see the glory, but people don't mm -hmm. acknowledge my story on how I got here. Mm -hmm. And so for that, if you don't appreciate my story, although it isn't who I am, it's what mm -hmm. I overcame. But mm -hmm. my pride is my triumph over. That's you right. know what I'm saying? Because they That's don't right. know those times where I went through traumatic situations or I've mm -hmm. sat and I've cried and I stayed stagnant in these places and I've navigated from those places. You mm -hmm. weren't there. So mm -hmm. you don't get to be here and reap the benefits of what you perceive me as. And mm -hmm. so I feel like that's why I combat it so much because it really just places people in a surface superficial standpoint when they actually don't want to acknowledge the true essence of who you truly are. They just want to keep you at a certain eye level on who they think you are. Fans. You call them fans. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I need to start doing. I need to start categorizing people and calling it by name, just like what you said, yeah. and just be like, okay, you're not a friend, you a fan. Right. That's right. And that's yeah. okay. it's totally okay. Cause once you understand that, then it makes relationship building that much easier. Like you want to maintain your mystique. That's your equity, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, people get your whole story when you write the book. And then that's when they can move from fan to friend, right? In 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 your head. Like, but they haven't earned that. They haven't even earned the privilege to know your story intimately. They haven't mm. earned the privilege of knowing your heartache and your trauma. That's an earned 
posture and position. If they don't know it, then they can't respect it, but it ain't really, I feel like it would be premature for them to know that outside of you sharing in a formal platform, a formal way. But yeah, it ain't even just about mobile. I think, you know, I've dealt with that in in New York as well. Again, the heightened perception and then also... The betrayal when it comes to people, that that is like a real thing for me. And that's always been a testament. But I'm glad that you dropped that gem as far as like being able to categorize your real, true, intimate friends and just faint. Just people you party with. You know what I'm saying? At this age, I only party with my homegirls. I got people that I party with, that I pray with, that we praise with. The core friendships that I have are so solid. It's a beautiful sisterhood. Um, And I am so grateful for it. We don't fall out. We don't argue. Like it's some high vibe. You know, I don't people act like we alpha females, but just some some queens. Some queens. No, no alpha female. We're we're real queens. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. So reflection question. No, yes. Question one. If I gave away all but five possessions, what would I keep? Oh. <laughs> you better keep your car. <laughs> <laughs> You better keep your home. (laughs) Your car, your home, your glasses, because you got to see where you're going. Hello, especially this one. (laughs) Yep, some soap and a rag. (laughs) Don't be nothing and funky. If that is not the hundred percent truth, then I don't, I don't, I don't even have an answer for that because that is literally the true, truest of answers. Yeah. You gotta have your house, you gotta have your way to get around. You gotta have your car if you got one. If you don't, get some nice shoes, and <laughs> you better make sure you can see, have your vision. Yes. And then have this soap and that rag to make sure you can clean your ass. That's the truth. Just the bad essentials. That's the bad essentials. <laughs> Imagine somebody, you ain't got nothing, but you can be clean. Somebody want to love up on you. You you like, dang, I ain't got nothing, but I can get some good love and like at least let my ass be clean. Right. Part <laughs> my language. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, do my actions align with my true desire? Yes. Yeah, I believe so as well. I think, you know, a lot, and I'll say this, a lot of us, we don't really know what we're doing. We don't know what the next step is. So I think we cannot be fooled by people who now have this new job or this dream job or this home or whatever. They don't know what's going to happen by next year. So we can sit here and say all day that we plan every single aspect of our life. No, we don't. We don't. None of us knew a pandemic was going to happen. None of us knew the whole world was going to shut down. None of us knew. We literally just navigating through the next opportunity that we are given. So what I could say about that is like, don't be fooled out here by people telling you that you could plan and, you know, do all of these things and you have all these set goals. Yes, it's nice to have goals, but just make sure that you are really in tune with yourself and you know who you are. That way you can establish and accomplish that mountaintop dream that you have. And long as you in alignment in whatever that dream is, then go do that. Go do that. For sure. Number yes, three, what makes you forget time? Music. Yes. I'm glad you Music. said that. And good company. Music and good company. Good company with great conversation. Oh my gosh. That's like, ooh, that's energy for me. 
Mm-hmm. I had that yesterday. It was very magical. I had my candle. I had my good company, and I had some good old music. And I was like, "Damn, it's eleven p.m. What?" All right. So number four, what are you good at? I am good at giggling. Like if they had an Olympics for giggling, I would be the consistent gold medal winner. I love and I am great at giggling and I can induce giggles in others. I can have the hardest, most dabbing laughing from the back of their throat and the bottom of, my, of their belly. And that's a love language for me. If we're talking, you need to giggle. No, for real. I think that is something truly new to me. I, I have to be with somebody that makes me laugh. In the past, it wasn't important, but now it is because I have that same thing where it's like, I'm funny. Or mm-hmm. I'll say something funny or whatever, or I make people laugh. I need that same thing in return because laughter is healing. Laughter is healing. You got to protect that. Number five, are the goals mm-hmm. I'm prioritizing should goals or passion goals? Oh, hmm. right now they're passion. Erica traveling, she doing what she wants. I needed to. I owe myself that as part of my healing. I had treated myself so unfairly for so long that I had to love on myself to show myself that I could love myself. And so I've just been like, hey, baby girl, what you want to do? Okay, let's do this. Hey, baby girl, this is where you're supposed to show up. How, we got to figure out how we're going to get there because we're going to show up for our cousin because we got to be at her wedding. And we're going to show up for Aruba because we have to travel internationally. We're going to show up in Atlanta because we got to touch down right quick. We're going to show up for our friends. Like, you have to show up for people, right? So how are you going to show up? And this is me you know, put myself in proximity of people who love me. Like, Mm -hmm. all this is love. All this is a a new activism of taking care of myself and loving on myself. That's my my activism right now. So, yeah, so passion right now. um, And then should, like, just getting on purpose. That's right behind this passion. I hear you. Yeah, I feel like it's a balance for me. Um, I think we all do things that we have to do. Not Not to say that we want to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a means of survival. So, mm-hmm. but I do think it's important to pour back into you when it comes to that self-care or that elevation of being your highest self to mm-hmm. merge in some of those passion goals mm-hmm. as well as those should goals. Cause otherwise you'll feel like a robot. That's right. And I've been, I felt like that, but that's not a good feeling. Number six, if I realized my dream, would I still want it? Ooh, you know, I got this real funny personality. Sometimes, you know, I, the whole the whole passion is in the pursuit. And then it's like, oh, okay, I did that. that so, so But I think that what I have now that's purpose for me is going to be a, a lifetime of, of growth and pouring into and changing lives. And so it'll always be there. I hear you. I, and I completely agree with what you said. I think we do... We don't realize how addicted we are in the journey and getting mm-hmm. in pursuit of that dream. And mm-hmm. then once we get it, we trying to move on to, okay, well, what's next? We don't actually mm-hmm. fully live like, damn, I'm here. We never right. really relish in that. And damn, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. We, I think I mentioned that this past episode where it was like, mm-hmm. um, Natasha, she was saying like she got her house and now she was like, all right, let's get another house. Well, no, this house isn't fully furnished. And that's something that I'm learning in this season right now because that's another version of self-care that people don't talk about celebrating Mm -hmm. you but now erica thank you so much for coming in and dropping these gems today and (laughs) 
I really want to dedicate this episode to somebody in the radio business as well. Erica, you knew, and I don't know if you knew, um, somebody who went hard in Detroit, somebody who went hard in so many different cities and really shed her light to so many people on the airwaves. And her main dream and desire was to move to Atlanta. I met her at Cumulus Mobile. Rest in peace, Pat Butler. Pat Butler passed away? I didn't know. Are you serious? Oh, I just got chills. Wow. Somebody who really looked past her lupus, looked past any ailments that she had or any adversity in her way, and she still wanted to achieve her goals and her dreams. So I dedicate this episode to her. Rest in peace, Pat Butler. Absolutely. And for everybody else, just shoot for the stars and shoot that arrow high and hope that it lands where it needs to go. I'm Alon. That's Erica. A whole move. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.